Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Grab a seat. Actually, that's a silly saying. Why would I ask you to grab a seat? Where are you going to go? But I tell you what, the Panthers are going straight to the grand final. I'll tell you that. And who better to play than Parramatta to defeat our fellow Western Sydney people? That would just be wonderful, wouldn't it? Although you heard it from Pastor Ben last week, didn't you? He said that it was, he was tipping a Panthers and Eels. Um, he said he's prophetic, but I reminded him in a little message. I said, you know what we did to uh, prophets who got it wrong in the Old Testament, right? And uh, I said, um, you better hope um, Panthers still win, though. But he said that he reckons the Eels are going to win. Can you believe that? Ooh, I know. That's what I reckon. I almost wore my Panthers jersey tonight, uh, this morning, and uh, and I thought, you know, no, nah, that's just too much. Um, who actually does not care? What is wrong with you people? I am yet to find a church that's fully fulfilled in Christ. Um, I preach in many different churches, and I get the same response. It's terrible. Um, you should you should matter. It should care. It's going to be awesome. Um, last year during the lockdowns, obviously when we won, um, and I say obviously because we packed in as many as we could into my car, and we went around Penrith and we were beeping our horn. We were doing it all socially distanced. Obviously, we're all part of the same household in the same car. Um, but the police, they were trying to stop us getting into places, and we're just like, hey! Come on, man. It was awesome. Can't wait to do it again this year, as you can tell. Um, but I won't be in the car because we're allowed to now. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, we'll see what happens. But what about the swans? I don't even follow that sport. But honestly, that hurt. And I don't even care. It's even worse when you don't care and it still hurts. That was a lashing, wasn't it? Anyway. All right. Hey, on to more important things. Um, uh, for the Christmas reduction, I'd like to put my hand up to uh, dress up as an elf. That would be the best. Uh, I've always dreamed of it since I've seen the movie. I thought that'd be mad. This elf comes running out. Um, but I love it. No, no, no. It's great. Um, as I'll do that as long as Ben dresses up in the MC suit as Santa. Um, that would be the best. You reckon you could do it? All right. So, uh, hey, it's great to be with you this morning. I'm going to share, um, continue the series where we're talking about sharing our faith. Um, but the title of my message this morning is A Breath of Fresh Air. There's nothing like uh, uh, getting a breath, a breath of fresh air. I remember I um, uh, started seeing a naturopath and... Um, is it because you won? Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, anyway, they were, um, they were, I just thought something was happening. I just thought I'd catch up. Um, but um, basically, I sat down with them because, I mean, you know, I just want to get both sides of it all. Just go, okay, I want to hear what you got to say. And um, they said this to me. He, he, he goes, he goes, when you, you need to go for bushwalks. And I went, okay, that's great. Yeah, I can do that. Um, and he says, just walk close to the trees. And I went, okay, I can walk close to the trees. Uh, and he says, it's just so you can catch, you know, whatever they're, you know, the pollens and the stuff like that. that and he's right. When you walk through the bush, you can just smell that beautiful, 
you know, fresh air. I don't know if you've ever, if you have a motorcycle or if you have a car with no lid, I, I actually have a problem. I know I've got a problem um, and my problem is that I have a convertible car and I have a Harley and it just seems that everything needs to be open, right? But I don't know if you've ever gone to the um, snowy mountains when it's not snowing, obviously, because you'd be snowboarding or something like that. But when you go there and it's during the summer, have you ever been there? And it is just spectacular. Um, and just the smells and you just go, this is fresh air. And, uh, and so this morning, I want to talk about that with you um, because it comes up surprisingly uh, in Scripture and uh, in a particular version of the Bible. And uh, I want to share that with you uh, this morning. But I want to start this morning in our Scripture. So if you've got your smartphones, make sure that your social media is switched off right now and your messaging uh, is off, uh, or you can get out your old Bible with paper, um, and uh, and I want you to open up your Bibles uh, to Philippians uh, 2, and we're going to start in verse 12, all right, and I think we've got it up on the screen for you as well. Now, I'm going to put on my old man glasses, because I can actually see now, there we go, Philippians 2, verse 12, have we got it up there? What happened? They assured me in the meeting it was going to be so organised and I thought, I won't, I won't bring up my backup and I'm going to have to use my backup. I mean, this is just terrible. <laughs> A bit like Panthers' first 20 minutes. They just choked anyway, but um, we came back. All right. Are we, we're still not there. All right. I'm going to uh, just take my time. You know, oh, let's give the production guys and girls a great big hand. Only because, you know, we only ever notice it when it goes wrong. So well done to the team. Honestly, you made it happen. All right, let's read it together. Look, I'll read it for you. You don't have to read it with me. It'd be like we're in school. All right, so therefore, my dear friends, as much I can read this without the glasses because it's so big. It's good. As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We've heard that one before. We've heard that scripture. Okay, next verse. For it is God who works in you to, well, in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Next verse. Okay, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Just pause for a second. I, I, I just want to, you know, focus on that, that point for a second. This is... Paul talking to the Philippian church, one of the churches that he had planted. And, um, and, and isn't it amazing that part of the instruction is, look, you know, guys, come on, honestly, not just while I'm with you, be nice and be kind and do things well, but actually do it when I'm not there with you, right? So, so doesn't this even speak to us on Sundays? It's that while Pastor Ben is around, you know, I'm going to be good, I'm going to close my eyes when they say to. I'm going to raise my hands when they say to. I mean, how much more should we be doing this in our own private lives? I mean, I, I am surprised um, how often, and I did a check on this. Do you ever do a kind of a check on yourself? But I, I did a check on myself going, you know, when I'm under stress, when I'm under strain, what do I find myself doing? Am I twitching? Am I writing stuff? Am I doing something? I, you know what I actually find myself doing? I actually find myself just under my breath, just praying to God. You know, and I just go, 
that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, I, I, I wish I could pray not just in stress or strain, but I, I wish I could pray all the time like Paul talks about. But, you know, the Bible is saying here, the instruction to the believers is do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that means we're going to have the best AGM next week. It's going to be, I'm not going to grumble. I'm not going to argue. I'm going to just fully back up the team and just say, now they didn't ask me to say that, but I'm just saying it anyway. But do everything without grumbling or arguing. Next verse. They're just waiting for the message to come. No, there it is. Uh, So, now that's a lot smaller. I'm going to go over here. Okay, so that you may become blameless and pure. Everyone say blameless and pure. That's what you are as believers. Um, If you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's what you are. We are blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. I guess we could say that about our generation now as well. It was the same back then. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Next verse. As you hold firmly to the word of life, then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that you did not run or labor in vain. You know, I just, this, when I was asked to speak, and I I want to say a very big thank you to Jamie last week. Uh, We kind of flipped weeks because I was coming back from an international trip and uh, literally arriving 24 hours before I, I would have to speak. And I thought, man, just please, can I just switch weeks, you know, just in case so I can give my best. And I uh, really appreciate, you know, him doing that for me. But when I was asked to speak uh, by Pastor Ben, I just remember going, you know what, uh, I already know as part of sharing faith, this is what I want to talk about. And so uh, I had Belinda, my wife, asking me, oh, what are you going to speak? And I'm like, I've already got it in my head, just need to put it all together. And this morning, I want to share with you four points that I get out of this particular passage of Scripture. Now, of course, you can go away and do your own study um, and perhaps come up with some others. But I want to share these four things with you today. The first point is blameless. We all remember when we're children, right, that um, you get blamed for things. In fact, my, if my family were be, being completely honest up here, they'd actually say, Dad blames us for stuff, right? So like if I move, if I go to go back, any dads out there know what I'm talking about, that you go and you put something somewhere and you go, I know where it is. And then you come back and then it's been moved. Anyone on my side here or you're all against me? You're all going, yeah, he's a Panthers supporter, you know. Um, honestly, you know, like it just it really annoys me. So it gets to the point where in my own house, I hide things now. I mean, talk about weak. I mean, I literally can't change it, so I just hide it, right? So I'm like, you don't know where it is. But then, you know what? I've got four incredible, you know, detectives in my house because they find it, especially when it's chocolate or something like that, you know? One of my favorite chocs is peanuts, M&Ms, okay? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes, hallelujah. Um, I just felt the Holy, Holy Spirit just come then. I think it was Ainsley before. Holy ground, that's the moment when I'm eating, when I'm eating peanut M&Ms. Um, but um, I, I, I even hide them, not just from my own family, 
But I hide them from my staff now, right? And there are staff members in this very building right now. And uh, I'm just going to pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But I even have to hide my peanut uh, you know, M&Ms in certain cupboards and, and, and I hope that they just feel like they just don't have the right to go in there, right? You know, and, uh, and so, you know, we, when, we, when we talk about blameless, you know, you know, really without Christ and the spiritual aspect of it, um, seriously, we all can be blamed for something. Yes? Or am I, I'm obviously the sinner here and that's all right. So I'll preach to myself this morning, right? But the thing is, is that we can all be blamed for things, but the Bible says here that we are, in fact, blameless in His sight. You know, um, we, <laughs> Belinda and I have this uh, this thing where we we try to say to each other, you know, if I'm forgiven, then you have to forget it, right? Forgive and forget. But sometimes it's hard to forget, isn't it? But the thing is, is that the Bible says that we are blameless. How do I share my faith? Well, firstly, it's got to come from a foundation of knowing that I am in the eyes of Christ blameless. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. The NLT, the New Living Translation, says to live clean. You know, to be clean on the inside and not just on the inside, but to live clean. Wow. The message actually in this particular part of the verse says that we should live and be uncorrupted. You know, um, I have social media. Most of us in this room would have social media. But the thing is, is that there is is too easy for us to, to just be, act and do what the world does, if you know what I mean. So it's almost like you know, I have to have social media, you know, like I have to do it, right? You know, like because everyone else does it. Well, the, the thing is that I remember my mum, you know, saying to me as a little boy, if someone was going to jump off a cliff, would you jump off with them? <laughs> Simple answer is, no, I wouldn't. Unless it's into the ocean, like I did overseas, and that was cool, just jump over that, it'd be the maddest, you know, like, you know, I used to go to Worrywood, you know, uh, Sea Cliff and jump off that, and that was the coolest, right, you know, just, just straight down in the water, it was a lot of fun. But, you know, the thing is, is that just because the world does it, we need to be asking ourselves as believers, because in the eyes of Christ, we're blameless. And, and I actually am sharing these points this morning, because I've seen that, this, these four things actually rub against the grain of the world, right? So you'll get two responses out of the world. So those who are not followers of Christ. One, you'll get one where they'll look at you in awe, going, wow, there's something different about you. And then, more often than not, this is what I find, is they look at you with cynicism and going, like, are you judging me? But yet you haven't even opened your mouth. You haven't done anything wrong. You haven't said nothing. You've just been who you are. Or they're pointing the accusing finger as they did to Christ. Only came to seek, save and help and bless, bring salvation. Yet the accusers had the, uh, like the loudest voice. But I believe that as, um, as believers, we need to live a life that is truly clean. We should be looking at our actions our words, 
We should be looking at what we view. We should be what we're watching, what we're writing. It needs to be, my first point is live clean. Be clean in all things. Clean in the movies we watch. Clean in the books we read. Clean in the things we write. Clean in the way that we present ourselves and actually walk the life. We need to be saved and stay saved. Now, I know that goes against the grain that Jesus is the one that saves. But what I'm talking about is that if, if we're going to say that we're saved, if we're Christian, this is my biggest gripe when I was, um, I went to a Christian school in year nine, I think it was, about year nine, somewhere around there. Before that, man, I was going to a seriously scary school called Mitchell High School in Blacktown, right? And it was, it was nasty, I mean, everyone, you know, turn to the person next to you and say, nasty. Right? Because I literally was singled out because I was a Christian. But see, this was the problem with me, as you can probably tell, coming out of my shell a little bit, being in the church for this church for 18 months now. Thanks, man, for the 12 month cutoff. I wanted a free lunch. Anyway, um, but, you know, he said last 12 months, that's what he said. And I felt just my spirit drop. Anyway, no, no. Um, but the thing, I'm sorry, I'm in, I'm in a bit of a mood, don't encourage me. Um, but I remember that I literally, um, I went from being a kid that, you know, I, I was terrible to not only my teachers, my school, but, my, but people I didn't like. And then when I got saved, and I don't have time to get into it now, but when I became a Christian, I'd grown up in the church just because you come to church does not make you a Christian. Hallelujah. Let me just amen it. You know, you know why? Because if you go stand in a garage for the rest of your life, you ain't going to turn into a car, right? So just because you come to church does not make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian, the Bible says quite clearly and very, very, like, you know, it's in black and white. It's there. It says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you are that's, that's what makes you a Christian. That's it right there, right? Just because you go to connect group, just, I mean, that's good. You do that. Just because you raise your hands, you know, and you sing the songs when you're told to, that's great. You should do that, you know, because you want to worship. You, you, just because you read the Bible, just because you come to church, just because you tithe, all those things are, are, are pharisaical. We don't have time to get into it now, but it's basically religious. What, what gives you your, your salvation is when you've confessed it with your mouth. You've said it and you believed it in your heart. Right. And so, you know, when I when I became a Christian, I, I didn't necessarily totally 100 percent change. Right. I, I, I still was a naughty little boy at home sometimes. Mum. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, I still did things wrong, but I literally went from being someone who played for the Parramatta Eels and I changed jerseys and all of a sudden played for the best team in the world, Penrith Panthers. Right. It was that simple. I just changed jerseys. Right. And I changed teams. But see, my friends didn't like that because I went from being the party boy, doing crazy stuff, and then all of a sudden, I go from doing that to saying, oh, I'm not going to really do that anymore. And, and by the way, you know, like when we're talking, you know, could you just not swear at me as much? You know, and they'd be like, what? You know, are you judging me? I'm like, no, I'm not judging you. What are you, some type of little Christian now, Darren? Yes, I am, you know. And I'd say, listen, instead of going down the back there and doing all the things we used to do at the back of the school, you know, I'm just going to stay up here 
And I'm actually going to get my Bible out of my bag and I'm going to read it at lunchtime. I mean, that is, that is pointing, that is painting a red, you know, big, huge target on your chest, right? Uh, and I'm not talking about the Target shirt that you go and buy at Target. I'm talking about, like, this is real. And so it got to the point where people would pick fights with me because I'm the Christian, right? Because they, they said that supposedly he won't hit back because he's Christian, Right. Well, my problem was is that my limited knowledge of the Bible was that, you know, I got in trouble because this kid just tried to take me on and mum and mum got called into the school and took me home. And she was really upset because I basically decked this kid. She 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 didn't know what to do. So she she took me to my youth pastor. That's the best thing to do. Where's Dan? You know, so all the parents out there that are having troubles, mate, chalk up his diary. Just put him in front of him. Go, Dan, help. So anyway, I'm sitting in front of my youth pastor. And my youth pastor says to me, Darren, what's going on? Why would you do this? What's going on? And I said, man, you know, like, I just don't get it. Like, you know, like he, you know, I let him, I, I let him hit me four times. And he goes, what do you mean four times? And I said, well, the, the, the Bible says that Jesus says to turn the other cheek. So I let him hit me four times. One, two, three. Four, and then I decked him. And he goes, Darren, that's not what Jesus is saying. But in my limited knowledge, I wasn't so blameless. But the thing is, is that I remember that one thing went, led to the other. I ended up moving out of that school, and I went to another school, and I went to a Christian school, and I thought that Christian schools were meant to be heaven on earth. Right? I thought, it's got the word Christian in it. We're all going to have prayer meetings at lunchtime and we're going to break bread every morning. Our principal will get up and say, let's have communion together. And I thought, this is going to be, this is going to be Nirvana, like, you know, Christian Nirvana on earth. Uh, but I realized very quickly that there were actually, unfortunately, in my school, there were more Christians in my school that I was leaving than the ones I was coming to. Or at the very least, the ones that thought they were Christians, they didn't act like Christians. And this is what I'm trying to bring across this morning is that blameless. We need to continually live day by day with the revelation and understanding of what we've been given and say, you know what, I'm going to keep living my life clean. I'm going to make my mind clean, my spirit clean. I'm going to keep, you know, living that clean lifestyle as Paul is trying to instruct them. That even when he's not there, hey, I want you to do it even more. My second point is the breath of fresh, fresh air. Have we got that verse under that particular? Yeah, so in the message it says here, do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid polluted society as the message puts it a breath of fresh air i often encourage believers that the best way for you to show your faith is to literally be that breath of fresh air in a workplace in a family in a in a, in a friendship setting wherever it may be in fact i go as far to say that when 
you as a believer walk into your workplace. This will this will flip some of your minds. When you walk into that walk walk into your workplace, you actually bring the favor and the blessing of God into that place. Now, for a lot of you employees out there, are going, I don't really like my work, and I really don't want blavor, uh, you know blessing and favor on 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 my boss. And I don't like them at all. Well, then, friend, I'd say you need to change either your attitude or you've got to change your work, right? Because that's what you're actually bringing. You're not bringing cursing. You're bringing blessing. You bring blessing into relationships. Amen? You bring blessing into your workplace. Amen? Blessing is meant to follow you every day of your life. Favor from heaven. Now, I'm not saying that life is a big bed of roses. I'm not saying that, right? What I'm saying is that blessing and favor follow you. And I, I, I literally believe that when I walk into places, I'm bringing bl- blessing and favor. It's not like anyone owes me anything. It just comes with me. And it comes with you. Why? Because we are children of God. You're saved. There's something different about you. You bring a breath of fresh life air. You bring this cleanly, you know, people should feel clean around you. I remember when I had given my life to Christ, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't shout it from the rooftops. I wasn't like some people where they just can't help but tell people. I mean, I just admire that so much. But it was like, I just started to be different until it got to the point where one of my best friends, I'd grown up with him since kindergarten. And I went up to our little local store and I'm just getting some hot chips and this guy is talking to me. I've seen him at school only, you know, just a couple of, a day or so before. And, um, and in the middle of our sentence, our talking, he goes to me. He says, you've changed. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And he basically just showed me very clearly that I didn't have to change. I brought a breath of fresh air into our relationship. He knew that I had changed. Number three is I believe we've got to represent well. Represent well. You know, I want to encourage every one of us in this place to represent Christ and what He's done for you and for me. Represent it well. If we are Christian, let's be Christian. Let's walk the Christian life. Let's be clean. Let's bring that freshness that attitude, bring that favour when you walk through the room, when you go to work, when you go to your family this afternoon. You know, but the thing is, is that when children do something wrong, we should correct, we should guide. So when the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart and says, now it's time to work on this thing in your life. It's now time to work on this thing in your life. You know, church, Let me commend you and encourage you to obey that voice. Because I see too many Christians going round in circles, round in the same problem. Why? Because we're not learning. God will always, like a father, a loving, nurturing father, just bring us back to that point to say, now I need you to learn it again. You want to pass the test? Pass the test. Just do it. Change what God's putting His finger on. Maybe even now, just the Holy Spirit's just prompting one area of your life. Not many. One. You might say, just this area. 
wants you to do something in it. The fourth and the final point is this, is above reproach. It's not about how close to the line of compromise I can live. It's about how far from the line I can live. You know, I grew up in the church. As I said, I got, gave my life to Christ, but I'd grown up the church since I was a little baby. Had my moment of salvation. But just with uh, my Christian friends, I just remember seeing them starting to play with things, dabble with things. You know, And it's like, no, the Bible's very clear on this. It's not about sitting on the fence. It's about choosing what side of the fence you're going to be on. And in fact, if you read that scripture in Revelation, you actually please Jesus more if you choose one or the other. Because he says the ones that sit right on the fence, the lukewarmers, he says those ones actually make him ill, make him sick. And so I encourage you today, you want to share your faith? Live clean. Maybe there's areas of life you've got to clean up a little bit. Just clean it up. How do I do that? It's so impossible. It's hard. Sit with others. Our pastors, our leaders, your connect leaders, sit with them and pray and say, help me in this area. Be that breath of fresh air. Represent well and live beyond reproach. I love what the message says. Where the message says this is that provide people with a glimpse. It's only a glimpse because they don't have the promise in their heart yet. They're not giving their lives to Jesus yet. But provide them the glimpse of good living and of a living God. I can't remember the amount of conversations I've had with family, extended family, friends, people I've just met. And they look at my life, our life, mine and Belinda's, our family, and they go, how do you do it? And I'm like, I'm telling you, everything I do, everything that I've seen happen, it's all because of Jesus. That's it. And I know that's very simplified, but I really mean it. It's that I don't feel strong in any of these things that I've ever accomplished. I don't feel like I did it. I literally believe, God, wow, you did it through Jesus. Above reproach. Above reproach. Maybe there's an area of your life even now that you would say, I am living in a, in a zone too close to that line. You know what, friend? This is what a believer does. You get prompted on that and you say, Jesus, I'm sorry, help me in that area. And that's it. You're a son and a daughter. You've got to live in that authority and confidence and just move on. I have failings. You might look at me and go, wow, that guy's got everything together. He's perfect. No, I'm not. Far from it. Daily going, Jesus, help me in this area. Help me. Even hourly, sometimes my staff would say, hourly, he needs to pray. No, seriously, I, I, I say, God, how close to the line? I don't want to be very close. I want to be so far from it. Keep showing, shining your light on the areas of my life you want me to change in.
See, amongst all these things, I believe that for us to show and share our faith, we need to implement these four things in our life. But I believe that as believers, we need to have the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit with us day in and day out. And it's something about when you walk into a room, when you walk into a situation, when you open your mouth. I'm going to be, I'm going to believe, I don't know all your names, but I will believe this entire week that God does something supernatural with your words, your actions, and just the mere fact that you're, you're in the presence of other people. I'm going to believe for testimonies that you just shine like a light, that you shine. And you don't even have to open up your mouth. You just be you and see how people, they change their perception of you. I'm going to believe that. that When I was praying for this Sunday, I was going, God, what can I pray for the church for? You know, sharing our faith, that sounds so general. But what I'm going to pray is that your words, your actions would shine so bright that people around you will ask you about faith. Now, this is what you've got to do. Because if I'm going to pray for you, this is what you've got to do. This is my only ask, is that when you get that opportunity, all I just want you to be is not super spirit. I just want you to be as natural as you can. And just tell them, quite simply, I'm a Christian. When I sit on planes, which is a lot, inevitably the question, if I haven't got earphones on, because sometimes I like to block people out, just have some time alone. Unfortunately, no, that's fortunately. But I've had people ask me, what do you do? And I try to explain to them, oh, I place youth workers in schools. But then I inevitably say, they're actually school chaplains. You know, I try kind of lead them into it. And inevitably, it's like, oh, school chaplains. So you're religious. Yeah, I actually am. And I go, I'm actually an ordained pastor too. And they go, Ah, and then you usually know if they're going to shut down the conversation or they're interested. And I'll, I'll, I'll honestly tell you that I've probably had about 70 to 80% of the time, they don't shut it down. They want to know what, what, what we do more. And just the other day I was talking to someone and he just said to me, after I explained what I do, and he said, we need more of you. Guess what? There's a whole bunch of us in this room, right? They're called Believers. And we're meant to shine. We are not the same as others. We are not the same as the world. Amen. We're not above. It's not about being better. It's about, hey, I've got Jesus. I've realized in my life. In fact, we're not above. It's like we're we're almost the servant, right? We're the below. It's like I actually realized how bad I was and how much I needed a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. How much I needed a Savior. A saviour. You know, can we close our eyes and bow our heads right across here? And I know that within this room right now, that the majority of us are in fact believers. And probably at different stages of life. Reality is, is that our faith is probably at different levels as well. But for the believers first, Christian brothers and sisters, 
right now, this morning, God's impressed on you something that maybe an area of your life, maybe a challenge, maybe, maybe something that you need to keep working on. Maybe it's a challenge you're in right now. But there's something in your life the Holy Spirit's putting His finger on right now. Just while your eyes are closed and we're just focusing on ourselves for a second, not worrying about the people around us, but as believers, there's an area of your life that you want the Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit to move in. This could be a miracle you're looking for. This could be a thing that you need to work on. Who knows? But as an act of faith and say and surrender, as believers, there's an area of your life that you need to kind of work on or you need a miracle in. Just give me a little wave. These are the believers. Yeah. Jesus, every hand that's raised, every heart that's open, Holy Spirit, I pray you move, that you fill your people with your presence. You fill them, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, that you fill them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray victory, victory over them and over that circumstance or over the challenge in the name of Jesus. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, just very quickly. This morning, listening to what I've said, hearing a little bit about my life and where my heart is right now, you've connected with it. You've heard the word or maybe you know someone that's actually told you about Christ as well. The, the good news is, friend, is that Jesus doesn't expect you to do anything. The Bible says that all you've got to simply do is confess. Confess what? I'm not talking about you sitting with someone and telling them all the bad things you did. Jesus already knows it. But what he's talking about is that you confess, you actually say with your own lips, from your own heart, that you accept that Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? The Bible actually uses that word Lord, but what, what it actually means in context is that you believe that Jesus walked the earth, that he, he did exist. And historically, that's not hard for us to come to that conclusion. We know he, he lived. But where faith steps in is that you believe that he's the Son of God sent to earth to die for our sins and pay for the wage of our sin. And the Bible says that if you believe that and you believe that thirdly, he rose from the dead, he defeated, not only paid the price, but defeated sin. The Bible says that if you believe that and confess that, the Bible says that you are saved. And I believe that there are people here this morning and you need to confess that and say that. And so what we're going to do is a church together, a family together. We're going to say this prayer. And straight after this meeting, if you want to come and find me just over here to your left, your right, my right, I'll hang around just for a few minutes. And if right now you're going to rededicate or like the prodigal son, 
return home and you're going to say this prayer from your heart, then I'd love to just quickly chat with you, pray with you straight after as well. Or maybe for the first time, you're going to say this prayer. You've had many opportunities in the past or maybe some opportunities, but you've never taken it up. But this morning, you want to say it and you want to make it your prayer. Then again, I'd love you to come find me straight after. But church, can we say this together as we finish? We're going to say this prayer together. We're going to declare it. And we're going to say it with everyone who is saying it as their prayer. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross and that you paid the price for my sin. And then you rose again. Thank you, Jesus, that I can be saved by confessing you as my Lord. From this day, I choose to follow you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Over to you, Ben, or the team.